What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Hey, before we get into the show, I just want to take a little time to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Saute. Saute offers a wide variety of healthy meals, including bowls, snacks, hors d'oeuvres, and more from their two-day delivery menu. I love to eat, but I admit that I don't get to explore the food options in my city as much as I would like. And, you know, I like to stay in the house. Saute, they sent me the Dory Bowl and the Artisan Bowl, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the rich flavor. And frankly, like some of those flavors were flavors I hadn't quite even experienced before, which made me like them even that much more. Uh, If you want to check them out, you can find them online at trysauté.com and on Instagram and Twitter at trysauté. Now let's get into the show. Yeah, yeah, I know. I said I was going to start the show, but uh, hey, I lied. Uh, I just want to give a quick rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. Uh, for a lot of you who may not be aware, he, you know, was very much influential in the direction that I've taken in my career with Art Pays Me and uh, him being a possibility model for what can be done not only as a black man in this creative industry and fashion and and the world, uh, but as someone who, he was trained as an architect, uh, not necessarily a fashion designer. And I always felt insecurity about being trained as a graphic designer, working in quote fashion, and never really felt like a fashion designer, even though I've had my stuff on runways many times. Uh, I also see Virgil as, you know, not just a designer, but I also have seen him and his work as maybe like uh, a career long conceptual art project uh, because he always seemed to be self-aware about like the inflated pricing associated with fashion and he seemed to be trolling the industry with some of that stuff that he was doing and and sometimes the the um the aesthetics of his work would come under criticism but he was always he always had a a a bigger story behind what on the surface might have seemed simplistic or gauche and you know, he rubbed a lot of people, a lot of fashion insiders the wrong way. And, you know, uh, he ruffled feathers. And I, I love that. I love that he was this black man around the same age as me who is just unapologetic about his hip hop influences, about uh, who he wants to bring along with him. And the, and the, uh, the, the fact he was just having fun with the, this this industry that is so self-serious, um, he'll be missed. And uh, I'm sorry I never got to meet him, but um, I feel like 
he's laid a foundation for a lot of people to take over and, and keep carrying that torch forward. So, you know, rest in peace, Virgil Abloh. Peace. Let's actually get into the show. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Kay the Chosen. Kay the Chosen. So what is it that you do? Uh, so I am a hip-hop and spoken word artist, um, also an activist. And uh, yeah, I just someone who enjoys hip-hop and freestyling and just all the, uh, I guess, fun activities that um, hip-hop culture offers. Got you. How did you get into hip hop? You've been just into it from since you were a kid? Uh, pretty much. I think I've always had a love for music. Um, in high school, I went to an old boys school. So you were either like the sporting person or you were the academic person or you, or you were cultural. So I kind of dabbled in all three fields. Um, but I found that like speech and drama and music were things that really excited me. So I used to do a lot of freestyles with my friends. And then um, my dad used to be a DJ. So he introduced me to a lot of um, songs that I got into. So both jazz and hip hop. Uh, yeah, so I think I'd say like I've, I've been like, I've had music as a passion of mine since like the very beginning. Got you. So, and you, you grew up in Zimbabwe. What, what was that experience like for you? Yes. Uh, so yeah, did grow up in Zimbabwe. I came to Canada in 2015 um, to study at university or at the university. Uh, so yeah, I've grown up in Zimbabwe most of my life. And it was interesting in that um, we had access to all of Western media. So um, I listened to a lot of like American hip hop, um, South Africa is a pretty big space for music as well. So I grew up on South African and American hip hop. Uh, Zimbabwe is a bit conservative. So we didn't have a lot of like major Zimbabwean artists who did hip hop. We did have other genres, but hip hop was not quite um, like a music genre that people gravitated towards. But I think living in Zim, you know, you get to learn a lot about um, the resilience of people our economic situation is not amazing. So a lot of people get very creative with the way that they build studios or with the way that they just live day-to-day -day life. And I think that really built uh, a character of independence and hardworking or hard work ethic in myself in that um, where a lot of people might give up and say, oh, that's too too hard to do or it needs a lot of money. I'm like, no, nah, man, there's a way to do it. If we can do it in Zim, we can do it in the first world nation. So we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So something yeah. about like those, I guess, limited resources in some ways, if you could put it that way, would you say it like sparks some creativity? Most definitely. I think it's really cool to see how, um, you know, when you've got limited resources, the way that your brain works around that, you know, it says, okay, look, we don't have um, everything we need. So what can we, how can we make what we do want with what we do have? And I found, especially being like an independent artist, obviously I don't have a major budget for anything that I do, whether it's recording or music videos or pretty much any kind of media that I put out. So I always have to look at my budget, look at my friends, look at what they're capable of doing and seeing how can we maximize the talent at hand, as well as make sure that everybody gets paid what they what they deserve. Um, and I think especially for this project, um, it's 
it's been a huge help because a lot of it was just leveraging a lot of friendships that I had and people coming in and saying, oh yeah, no, I can do this for free or don't worry about it right now. Like I'll, you can pay me later or, you know, I'll do this one, pay me there. And then, you know, we'll figure it out for the next one uh, because there's a lot of collaborators on this project, but everyone came through and gave like hundred percent in their contribution. Right. Actually, I've been following like along. So I'm a I'm a new fan. I re- just recently got in, into your music and what you're doing yeah. and just seeing some of the the creativity you've had in, in the different videos. They're actually they look well produced uh, and the mute, the way you've integrated the music and generating some curiosity into what's coming next is, is well done. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and actually, where, where are you based currently? So I'm out of Calgary. Um, as I was saying before, I moved to Canada in 2015. I came to study at the University of Calgary. Um, I did a business degree. And essentially, I always knew that I wanted to be involved in music in one way or another. But I felt that, uh, I don't know, I, I, a part of me feels like I don't have the personality to be like a major a uh, superstar like a Kanye or Drake level uh, celebrity artist only because it, it just needs to be in the, in the limelight a lot. And I'm someone who likes to come, speak my piece and disappear. So kind of like a Kendrick <laughs> or J. Cole. Kendrick, yeah. So, you know, at the very beginning, you have to want to be in the limelight. I'm like, nah, man, I love music, but I'm definitely very interested in branding and marketing. So I figured like, go to business school, learn uh, the business side of things and then get back into music in that way. Uh, but obviously the passion for music was too strong. So I ended up becoming an artist anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm in Calgary, Alberta. That's, I was going to ask you what you studied and that makes so much sense when I see um, how well you, you're marketing yourself uh, that you, Thank you. <laughs> went to business school. <laughs> so that, that makes a lot, a lot of sense. Um, wow. Did you find yourself like when you were in school trying to craft your assignments around you know how would I apply this to building myself up as a business or even as an artist that's a great question because at first um I didn't I just went to school I was like I'm gonna get this degree and figure it out Mm. um and what I didn't notice is that because Calgary is a very energy-based province so you know obviously like a lot of oil and gas comes from us uh a lot of our courses are built around that so any examples that we get any case studies we do are around the energy sector so applying my creative mind to that was a bit difficult because I was like well I mean this is a field that I'm not too familiar with and frankly not super interested in but when it came to like the marketing classes or the HR classes where we could show a bit more creativity um, I remember there's this one class where we had to there was like an extra bonus marks assignment where you just kind of had to introduce yourself to the class but in a marketing way so this, so she said mm-hmm. you know whatever way you want to do it introduce yourself to the class so essentially i wrote a poem and i was um, just talking about how um, i started off not knowing whether i was in business or in like the creative field but realizing that the two work well together i don't mm-hmm. remember the exact wording i used but my teacher was just so impressed by that. She was like, you know, I'm excited to see what else you do in this course. Like you clearly have a creative brain, but you know, you've had a mission statement within your introduction. You know, you're talking about the fact that you want to combine organization and creativity. So I don't know, she just loved my brain. And this is something I, I did in like my third year of university. So the first three years, I was very focused on just doing the school side. And I realized, no, man, like 
it's very possible to combine the academic and the creative and make them work together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's my language right there. Um, <laughs> what, how have you found, like, with this, you've got a new album coming out really soon, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, right. is it? Yeah, tomorrow, Friday. yeah. <laughs> August 22nd for the people listening in the future. Um, uh, October. Sorry, she's oh, in August, October. My bad. <laughs> um, that's where my brain is today. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, um, how have you found producing this music during the pandemic? And did you actually produce or make some of the music during the pandemic? Uh, so I'll say produce in like, the fact that I, I brought people together and reached out to producers and we worked on beats together. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like beat making, um, I didn't do any of that myself. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of homies that are uh, producers. So they made the beats and then I just brought in different people. It's like, hey, like I want this kind of voice on this song. Reach out to homies, say, hey, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, so definitely a lot of what I did was the writing and the direction of it. It was, I think I started this project about a year ago. So mm. a year, actually, no, it must be like a year and a half ago now because it was like, it's been like through the majority of the pandemic. Okay. So a diff, like there was definitely adaptation to the fact that during lockdown, we couldn't go to people's houses. We couldn't meet in person. So there were a couple of sessions which we had to do where if someone had a mic at their house, um, I would be in the studio, uh, would be talking to them via Zoom and then just directing them. And then they sent the files and we, we worked on them on our end. And then in other cases, it was a matter of having Zoom calls to discuss the song. So I'd play the song for someone and say, this is what I'm talking of. Um, here's the instrumental, go right to it. Come back to me if you have any questions or whatnot. So a lot of this was done virtually. Um, I was lucky that at some point restrictions eased up so we could meet in person. So for the bigger tracks, I think uh, Lono, which had two features and her anthem, which had three, that needed to be in person because you've just got so many people you're working with. It, it, you don't want to miss the, the message of the song or miss that um, chemistry by having mm. people separate, uh, which meant there was a lot of communication needed for this project because there's so many moving pieces um yeah so outside of writing a lot of my contribution is just directing people and making sure that i had the right person in the right room for the right song right right cool so um actually one thing i always wanted to to know in this this generation a a lot of rappers tend to be a little more almost like vocalist in, in in some of their approaches and stuff like that in the music and you kind of have this ability to sort of jump between different styles. Is it something that's completely planned out when you start making music or you just kind of go with the flow? So that is an interesting one because I think my answer to that would have changed or would change between projects. So I think from a purely um, business-minded perspective, a lot of it just comes from the fact that you've got to be aware of what your market is looking for. So like you mm. said, a lot of artists right now have a more melodic sound or more melodic flow. Yeah. So knowing that I'm targeting the same audience that these guys are making music for, I knew that I couldn't be uh, just a rapper. You know, it's important that I should be able to flow into some hooks or even sing on some hooks or at least do something that's in between just mm-hmm. because there's a lot of rappers that sound the same. So you want to make sure that you can pick up on what's happening and then add your own twist to it. 
So as a business student, that's something I'm always aware of. Like, okay, what's the sound right now? Even with a lot of the trap instrumentals, um, a lot of people say that I have more of a jazzy sound. Like that's my my default sound. I'm more like jazz, hip hop. So um, think of like a trap called Quest or yeah. Earth Gang. That's where my flow usually fits. But I'm adaptable. Like I try to <laughs> jump into different pockets. And I think that's where the creative side kicks in where... I think the longer that you're in any kind of art medium, whether it's visual or musical or whatever, the more you do it, you just expand your range because you get better at what you're good at and you get more comfortable experimenting with new things. And I think in this project, uh, this is like my third or fourth body of work. Um, And I've learned a lot from each project prior. So this one, I was like, okay, I know how to write hooks. I know how to tell stories. I know how to bring in features. Now I want to do all of that, but like to the max, I'm going to challenge myself to, to really see what I can do with each song. So each song I, tr- I treat it as a project. I'm like, cool, this is the one song where we're going to go all out on features. This is the one song where the story is going to have so many twists and turns. This is the one song where really, I just want to have a hook that bangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so creatively, singing was the next um, step in evolving in my art and evolving in the way that I could deliver story right uh i think that's kind of what um drew me to your music too is sometimes people will try to jump on um you know different styles or whatever the case may be or trends or things like that but they fall flat like they they say i'm gonna rap on this one but they don't really have the bars to rap um and, and then they might try to do the more melodic thing but they don't really have the the vocal range to pull it off but you kind of seem like you just naturally jump between the two which which is was nice um how did you find yourself getting into activism that's um well i don't even know where to start with that one but i think uh I, i'm just gonna say it's probably just the way i was brought up honestly because mm-hmm. um i guess again like i was saying living in zimbabwe we've had um, you know, hardships in that um, we've gone through hyperinflation, we've gone through corrupt governments, we've gone through just really uncertain times. And us as a people, we're super friendly and super hardworking. So I think just growing up there made me really respect other people and uh, have like this, this, this innate feeling like this, 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 this want to make the world a better place where I can. So coming to Canada, I think I learned that, you know, there's more terminology, there's there's different resources that you can access and that there's actually groups of people that care about certain things. So I just needed to find my niche. And I found that uh, personally issues to do with um, gender equity and uh, sexual assault or, sex or gender-based violence, um, just really resonated with me just because um, I'm really close with my two moms and I'm really close with um, a lot of the female uh, models in my family. Mm. So to be able to have some kind of impact on how that affects those communities was important to me. So in the music, I think it's important to talk about it, but also learn about it. So I I did a lot of um, volunteering in university. I did a lot of workshops that just looked at um, 
you know, gender equity, that looked at social um, activism in general. But I think also the fact that I've been listening to hip hop music for such a long time is that a lot of it tends to have a message or a lot of it tends to be conscious. So mm-hmm. I feel like it almost comes with the field where at some point as an artist, you begin to have a platform and an influence on your community. So if you don't build those values early, it can be hard to figure out, okay, cool, which community do I want to um, have an impact on with my message, have an impact on with my influence? Um, and also know the, the respectful way to do it. I think sometimes people can come into a community that they don't represent and they can have good intentions, but if you don't know about that community, you might say some disrespectful things by mistake or step on people's toes or just say some ignorant stuff too. So it's, it's good to not only have the intention, but also to learn around that community as well. I love that you said that. Uh, I don't consider myself an activist, but mm-hmm. some of my art tends to to uh, address different things in different communities that aren't necessarily communities that I come from. Yeah. Uh, and that's very uh, that's a very difficult thing to navigate. And I noticed that you've done stuff with indigenous communities from like Canadian indigenous communities anyway. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm an immigrant as well. And that experience of finding out what happened to indigenous people for me was shocking. Um, and then like, I felt an automatic kinship with them, but then also you can easily make mistakes in how you, you know, try to show allyship and things like that. And I noticed in stuff I I researched about you that you reached out to, to people from those communities to have conversations about how can we better, um, uh, do support you like in you know versus like orange shirt days and things like that oh yeah i mean um I, I think you said it perfectly in that we share kinship with them um or with this different people when i think that's where you know the concept of intersectionality can come in right where yes. you might not have the same struggles as another group but because you've had some kind of struggle it's easy to imagine or empathize with another group and um yeah, I think for me, that's why it was so important to not just try and make a song about colonialism from my perspective, but living in Canada being like, okay, so how many of y'all know what the experience here is like? Because <laughs> I think for a lot of uh, immigrants, we most likely come from a country that's independent or majority free from clo- um, colonial rule. Whereas obviously in Canada, it's not quite as straightforward, right? And um, it was like really, really good conversations that I had with the different um, indigenous artists that I spoke to in, in, in organizations. And honestly, I was just honored that off like the initial pitch that I gave them for the song, they were like, I like this, you know, because sometimes you can think something is dope and then realize, oh, okay, I'm stepping on toes here. Um, there were definitely a couple of tweaks I had to make to the hook. They were like, yo, this is a bit aggressive. Can we make sure that it's more of a loving message? I was like, All right, yeah, we can do that. Mm. Um, but in that way, we made sure that everybody was happy with it. You know, that those involved felt like the message was said respectfully, but also that it was still a fun process. Um, mm. And I'm really looking forward to seeing like the, the legacy of that song and also like the ripple effects it has, because I think then it shows other artists that, hey, you don't only have to make music about your community. You can totally... Uh, work with other people and honestly the more that we work together we can each contribute to making a difference in our communities and everyone's the better for it yeah agreed 100 yeah. so mm-hmm. um 
your album is titled advice and you've got it illustrated as like a plus sign and then the vice yeah. what is there a, a reason behind that or is that just an aesthetic choice and it, like what's the reason behind the name it's a bit of both so this is again where uh, my creative and business side meet where mm. um you know there are so many artists out now and i think it's important to make sure that you stand out in one way or another yeah and one is having you know album names or track titles that stand out so I could have called it advice just like spelled normally. But when you mm -hmm. see the plus and the vice, you have to stop and like, wait, what's happening here? There must be some deeper meanings, even in the way that you're asking, like, this has to be intentional, right? Right, right. So <laughs> <laughs> I think already that there you're winning because you've stopped someone and made them question what, what's this all about? And that makes them curious to hear the album. So that's the first reason, just from a purely just getting your attention, getting you curious about it. But also the fact that um, there's a double meaning and a double message within the project in that obviously it's advice on how to like deal with mental well-being and check in with your friends, but also the fact that um, to have a look at the different vices that we engage in when we're going through um, a tough time. You know, so it talks about colonialism, it talks about club culture and things like that, but also the stories on top will maybe present, oh, this person seems to have a problem with sex, or this person has a problem with alcohol. Um, mm. And those are the vices that we see as symptoms of the mental well-being. So it's kind of like the vice part is almost the surface level. And then the advice is the suggestion or um, conversations we have often noticing the vices. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Interesting. Um, so one uh, one of the songs that was interesting to me was uh, "Quarter Life Crisis." Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of in like a midlife crisis, I guess. Um, how would you uh, explain what that means from your standpoint? Uh, so I love that that's one that you resonated with because it's definitely one I was hoping most people would relate to. I think we've all had you know that feeling in life where you're like ah, I'm getting too old to be not, to, to be doing this, or I'm getting too old to not know what I'm doing, or I'm getting too old for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the space I was in. Um, I turned 25 this year and I'm like, cool, I finished university. I'm an artist, but yo, I'm not, I'm not making enough to live off being an artist. Am I wasting mm -hmm. my time? Uh, maybe I should just focus on getting a job and like just finishing that. Um, so there's just so many doubts and fears in my head. And I think the one thing that I'm always grateful for as an artist is that when I am having some kind of crisis, I can write about it. You know, that's something that not everybody can do. You yeah. know, um, if you're a painter or you're a photographer, you can probably still channel those feelings into your art. Um, so I wanted to be able to like get that message out of my head and then also write it in a way that other people could relate to it. And the weird thing about this is that it's such a great song. A lot of people love it and deciding whether to keep it on the album or not was such a difficult choice because I'm like, I know people are going to want to hear this in the album, but it just didn't fit the narrative. So I had to make it a single, but then like, it's very closely related because I think it's almost uh, a precursor or like the prologue or the introduction to the idea of advice where you get to this point where you're questioning who you are and then you have to reflect on who you are. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Very deep, very deep. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I had a lot of time this pandemic to sit down and think of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, so um, you mentioned that you're independent. Is Would you want to be signed or do you like the independent life? So this is one conversation I really enjoyed listening to when you spoke to Havaya because I was like, mm. okay, what does Havaya say about this? <laughs> it's because she, she's someone I look up to. Um, I followed her when she was part of the sorority and then obviously um, her, her career afterwards. And I actually got to meet her once at a show. Well, this was when she was still part of the sorority. And I think her energy is just infectious, but I love the fact that she's an artist who also has a very business-minded approach where yeah. you can see that the artistry is on another professional level, but so is her business mind. So is her planning ahead. So the, I think there was something which I agreed with her upon, like if we still need labels and other things, I was like, ah, I don't know about that. But essentially I feel um, labels exist um, obviously to help people get a wider reach right that's if we if we strip it down to like the like the bare minimum of what a label does yeah but those services now exist outside of the label right so before you couldn't upload your music yourself to distrocate you know you had to get it through like a, a management or a distribution company but now first of all you've got just distribution companies if you if you sign to that you can just have a deal where they just send out your music but then yeah. with distrocate you can just do it yourself so for me, I think it's no longer a matter of getting signed. It's more of a question of what kind of artist are you trying to be and what do you need to be that artist? So for example, if you wanted to be an artist that really enjoys performing live and going on tour, then what you really need is someone who's got resources that work around touring, promotion, um, so more like a, a talent, or entertainment um, or production house. Whereas if you're more interested in selling your music on TV or in movies, you'd probably sign with a publisher. You just need someone to do your publishing and get your, your, your placements in sync. So that's a question that I'm starting to ask myself right now because um, like I said before, I love music, but I don't think I'm the kind of personality that always wants to be in the limelight. So as much as I, I enjoy performing, I think touring is maybe something I'd ever do once or twice. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> like, I don't want to be outside anymore. <laughs> I'm going back to my little, my little hole. Uh, so I think I wouldn't need to be signed to a label, but if I could get some kind of publishing or distribution deal, I definitely would do that because I'd love to work on um, music for different visual art. Like as you've seen, um, I love pairing my stuff with uh, visuals and it's been dope to have friends who can do it, but obviously the higher level you want to do, the more money it costs and you just want to be able to place your stuff in, you know, things that get seen on Netflix or end up on um, big movies. So I think mm. publishing would definitely be something I'd look into or uh, long-term, even just like a talent or artist management firm, uh, because one of the things I really enjoyed about this album was actually putting the artists together. Like I enjoyed writing the songs, I enjoyed seeing them come together, but it was mm -hmm. so fun to be like, I think this artist and this artist will sound great together. And then hearing them on the song, I was like, see, I was right. You know, so now imagine doing that like as, as, as a day job, it's almost like being a producer or an A&R. Yeah. Um, and that's something I think I'd enjoy, but I think 
it's easier to do it having been an artist first because I can then, you know, you build your network, you build an understanding of how the industry works so that you're not just some guy in a suit telling artists what to do and be like, oh, well, what do you know about this? You know, it's like, well, actually I was an artist for X amount of years and I chose to be here. So trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that I, I, man, I connect with that on so many levels. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm on the visual side of stuff and I... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the dream sometimes is to to get your clothing in a certain store or get your art in a certain gallery. But then when you start doing on your own out of necessity, then you realize, do I really need those things? <laughs> like, honestly, um, if I just create my own platforms. So uh, it's it's not an easy question and it's not a you know, it's not as cut and dry because sometimes it is easier to just rely on those platforms. And if that's what you rather do or, but I think it's smart, like what you're doing, like recognizing that, Hey, performance, not really my thing, but I love to be involved in these other aspects of music. Like, you know, knowing what you're going for will be helpful for you. And like, I, I, I think it's so cool because, um, especially with the, the the evolution of technology, a lot of, there's so many ways to do it. There's no one clear way to do anything anymore. So even getting, um, I've, I've noticed that a lot of like thrifting and, um, you know, a lot of people have gone into fashion lately, I've seen. And this is so many different ways to, to do it. So even like when you're talking about, like, yeah, man, I remember seeing that on Instagram and it's interesting because um, there's just there's there's no one way to do it. So it's just up to you to decide, okay, what what is the the long-term goal I'm looking at? And then you just assess, okay, so what's available and what path do I want to make? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you could do a little bit of both. Like that's the thing. Like I've met people who are assigned, sort of, yeah. <laughs> but like they also have like side independent things that they're working on because they they didn't sign their whole publishing life away. And so like it's we're in a very interesting time. Uh, so um, if I want to hold you for too long, but like if there is um, one challenge, one, one thing that you think is probably the hardest thing about what's going on for you right now, what would that be? Uh, just one. <laughs> uh, wow, well, uh, think... you got more than one. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm complaining here. <laughs> I think honestly, it's, it's, it's just a time thing where... Um, I do work a full-time job as well. And obviously I'm trying to like keep up with my friends and, and just have a social life. So I think that is the other one thing about being a full-time artist is just make sure that you can manage your time. And I think honestly, the solution to this is having a team, like a group of people that can help you do different things and being able to trust them that look, yes, you're used to answering all your emails because you want to know everything that's happening, but just trust that this person will let you know when what you need to know about the emails you know like I think um it can be very hard to let go of control once you've been an independent artist because you're so used to being like in control and in the loop of everything but as you get bigger you need to just focus on whatever your main thing is so if your main thing is creating songs for movies don't worry about which movies it's going to let the person find out okay these are the contracts these are people that are available here's the kind of song I need from you. And then just trust me to send it to the right people. But obviously you have to have a good relationship with that person, right? You don't want your, your music ending up in some weird movie where you're like, yo, how, how did this end up in there? Yeah. Um, 
but it does allow you to focus on your art or whatever it is you're trying to do when you have other people that you trust and can can depend on to do the elements that might not need your full attention yeah this is a skill yeah. that i need to develop a lot more of <laughs> um yeah, i do everything <laughs> Uh, but one thing I thought that was actually um, really cool that you did too is you you did an interview with the the artist who did the cover art for um, your album. So that was that was actually really smart and nice to to uplift this other person as well during the process. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you noticing that because um, for me, I, I again, like I said, there were so many people that I worked on with, with within this project. I just want to give each person you know, their, their props. I want to give each person an opportunity to, to be known by the public because obviously I reached out to these people because I knew that their talent was going to bring out what I needed in this project. Uh, so having a conversation with her was important because I felt that um, I think at least when it comes to artists or music, you'll know who the voice was because their name is in the credits. But album art you don't really know unless you look it up you know like oh who was behind this album art and same thing with producers I think uh, people like DJ Khaled have changed it a little bit where producers now get feature credits on um, songs or they just have their tags and you hear DJ Khaled so you know that okay that's who produced this song Uh, but yeah I think it's important especially because I'm friends with pretty much everybody who was on the project so there's other material coming out later actually that's going to give a bit of highlight to each person involved but I thought artwork, we had to start there because that's the first thing you see before you even hear the album. And a cool. lot of people love it. So I was like, hey, you got to know who made this possible. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. Um, two last questions. One sure. of them is what is any advice you would give uh, an artist coming up? And the other one is what do you have? How do people find your stuff? Sure. Uh, so advice I'd give to other artists is, you know, first of all, never compare yourself to other people. I think it's great to look at other people and just get an idea of what they're doing. But when it comes to measuring success, just look at yourself last year and look at yourself right now and be like, where am I? If you're in the same position, something's wrong. If you've changed, whether it's for the better or better or worse, then you reflect on that and wonder, okay, cool. So, you know, why have I changed in this direction? Because quite often we get lost in comparing ourselves to other people and then that can take us off track um, with our own goals. And second piece of advice is never be shy to ask for help. I think another thing is we hear this independent narrative quite often, but independent doesn't mean alone. It doesn't mean um, that the person does everything themselves. It just means that they might not be signed to a label, but they might Mm -hmm. still have a whole team doing a bunch of things. So yeah, don't be afraid to ask for help because most people are excited to be part of something. So they'll probably help you for free. Or if not, they'll give you the homie discount. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ask for help. Um, and then where to find me? Uh, I'm K the Chosen on all platforms. Uh, so just as it sounds, the letter K, T-H-E-C-H-O-S-E-N. So all is one word, whether that's on Facebook, uh tiktok instagram twitter um, i'm most active on instagram so especially if you want to work together or ask questions or whatnot i'm always happy to help people with their art as well so don't be shy to ask me stuff uh instagram is probably the best place because that's where i'm most active and then on streaming platforms if you want to hear the music it's the same name 
but there's gaps. They made it, they, they didn't want it as one word. They're like, no, it has to be a sentence as a Y. So it's K space, the space chosen, but absolutely the same person. So yeah, reach out to me however you want to. I'm always excited to meet new people. Dope. Uh, it was a pleasure getting to know you a bit and during this interview. Um, and good luck with the album release and all the other brilliant stuff you sound like you have coming ahead. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for doing I- our page me. No, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Cool. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.